0: Welcome back to the 12th episode of What the Hell is Advertising, the podcast where we dive into the world of advertising, marketing, PR, and everything in between, all from the lens of students. We'll dive deeper into the hot topics of the industry, while also bringing you insight from young professionals sharing their stories as we discover together the big question WTH is advertising. From your friends at UNT Ad Club, this is Noah, and today we're talking with Michelle Parsons from Dallas-based agency Tractor Beam about all things project management. Welcome back, everyone. Just wanted to start off this episode with a few housekeeping notes. Um, this is our first um, episode of the spring semester, so this is a recording of our UNT Ad Club first meeting with Michelle and we couldn't be more excited to be kicking off this semester talking about all things project management. If you haven't noticed already, my usual co-host Carly is not here with me today because cue the drum roll, she has officially graduated and is now a full-time working gal at the Dealey Group in Dallas. Um, So definitely stay tuned because we're going to still be um, talking with wonderful guest speakers and pumping out more episodes throughout the semester. So if you aren't already, follow us on social media, follow the UNT Ad Club at UNT Ad Club. Um, And definitely keep an eye out because who knows, we might have uh, an Instagram of our own coming up soon and Carly may be back, just saying. So um, definitely stay tuned. But in the meantime, I'm really just going to hand this off to the interview that we had with Michelle um, and get the ball rolling.
1: Yes, uh, well, thank you, Noah. Um, I'm a senior project manager for Tractor Beam, uh, which means a couple of different things. Uh, well, we're a really small company, so I should say that I know this adage is really old by now, but like I wear a lot of hats. Um, uh, and part of my primary position is to be the day to day point of contact for our creative clients. Um, The second part of my job is to be the conduit between the client and our creative team. So translating what a client says to me into designer speak or language that the creatives will um, be able to translate into their creative work. And then um, along with that, the aspects of my job entail making sure that um, projects are done on time and hopefully within budget. Uh, and putting together uh, planning, a master plan for every project that comes through. Um, that's not all of my job, but that's the primary uh, position that
0: I hold at Tractor Bean. Perfect. So you kind of walked us through, I know I kind of threw you in there as far as uh, kind of describing <laughs> your role, sorry about that. But- No, that's
1: okay. Kind of, uh,
0: kind of walk us through uh, a day in your life. Um, I know I normally we'd say pre COVID, but we've been in this for a year now. So, kind of virtual uh, meetings. What does that look like as a project manager?
1: Well, this week has been really nutty just because last week was absolutely horrific. And I hope everyone is okay and don't have any, uh, you know, really bad power outages or burst water pipes to take care of. But um, Yeah, so we're we're kind of playing catch-up this week uh, from last week, but that's kind of how COVID has been, right? We're all just trying to adapt the best we can uh, on the day-to-day level, but, uh, you know, if we're talking about a day in the life, it's, you know, we'll we'll take today. Today has been kind of crazy, but I had five meetings, two of which were with clients and three of which were internal. Uh, You know, the client meetings were working with our creatives and our strategists to present work. Uh, and then other things were, um, you know, talking through website redesign projects or uh, walking through feedback from a previous identity deck that we had walked through with a client. So it's, it's reviewing those things. Uh, other things that I, that I met internally about, talked with my other project manager coworkers about resourcing. And we met with our creative director about um, which designers are going to take on which new projects that are in the pipeline over the next two, three, four months. Uh, so that's that's part of the day-to-day. Um, but it could also be as varied as you know going on press checks or spending a half a day in a brand summit with a new client um, and onboarding them. Um, it could be, you know, traveling to San Francisco to be on site at a hotel property to do a walkthrough and then meet with the clients there for a new project. Um, it could be a lot of other things, brainstorming with coworkers, brainstorming on my own, trying to come up with names for restaurants. You know, it, it, it's all, you know, kind of, it changes uh, every day. It's really fun for the most part. Uh, and I work with a really wonderful group of weirdos at Tractor Bean. So it's, it's pretty great.
0: So definitely wearing a lot of hats. Um, but kind of if you had to pick, one or maybe your top hats to wear, kind of what are your favorite aspects of your role?
1: Um, I think seeing the clients happy is the best part along with not having to compromise on the quality of work. Whenever our creatives are able to really make magic happen and they do at at some point in every project, it really makes it that much more special when the client gets in. When the client is like, yes, we are on the same page, we're totally aligned, this is not what I pictured, it's even better than what I could ever envision for this brand to be. And uh, the other best part is when a client listens. Uh, So when they trust the experts that they pay good money for and uh, they're able to implement our recommendations and seeing those recommendations be successful, uh, whether it's in branding, whether it's in foundational messaging or strategy or telling them, you know, we recommend you apply your brand in this way, or uh, we recommend you work with, you know, these vendors to do, to execute on whatever thing. Um, when a client understands that you're just trying to help them uh, sell their product, um, it, it makes it that much sweeter. Um, and the other favorite part specifically about my job Um, it's finding peace in the planning (laughs) Um, because I think all account managers or project managers have to have some amount of type A like uh, inherent visceral need to be organized and plan Uh, and I think when I can lay out an entire project in front of me and then see all the deadlines being met and see all the milestones being passed successfully and doing what we're needing to be doing and we're on track it's just like the best feeling ever and we don't hate each other at the end of it that's that's like icing on the cake
0: yeah that feeling of making the check mark i feel like that's especially i feel like even now when we have many assignments i don't know about y'all but like this week too just being able to check that off um being able to do that as a job
1: Yeah, yeah. And we are, um, and PMs are like walking calendars, right? Like we we have to know the ins and outs of every single project and where it is at any given time. And we have to make timelines and we have to keep to them. And just, um, we get a lot of curveballs thrown our way on a day-to-day basis. Uh, The snowstorm being a perfect example of a huge curveball. Some things that are in and out of our control, but just being able to problem solve there and being able to Uh, have a good rapport with your coworkers, and having earned their respect and you respecting them and their time um, and making it all come together and work I think is something really special and hard to find. You don't find it at every agency but sometimes you land a really good one and it just works.
0: Yeah so kind of taking a step back I kind of wanted to talk about how you ended up at Tractor Beam and kind of what What made you decide that that was the right agency for you?
1: Yeah, Um, (laughs) that could be an entire hour in of itself. I'll try and keep it relatively short. Um, So my path uh, deviated a lot. Uh, I started out in print journalism at SMU in 2006 when I graduated. A whole lot of good that did me. Uh, I was an editor uh, and a copywriter for about eight years, Um, worked for lifestyle publications, local publications, national ones, tourist publications. Uh, And then I realized that uh, being a journalist or being an editor um, barely pays your bills if you're lucky, Uh, but it's really hard to make a living in that industry. So I just decided, well, I need to pay my electric bill and I need to be able to pay my uh, my rent on time every month. So I need to get a job that allows me to write in some capacity because that's what I really like to do and uh, that fulfills me in some way. And marketing, is an, it's an adjacent industry, right? It's it's close. They're, they're closely tied. Um, so then I went to the Dallas Commission and Visitors Bureau and I was their, one of their content writers there in the marketing department. there. And the CVB is a essentially um, a marketing arm of the city of Dallas. Uh, So I worked there and it was extremely corporate, big company, um, had all the fancy benefits and I was absolutely bored to tears. Just, there was no, um, I just, and it was a great place to work, but I was just so not challenged and the, the work that I was doing and the writing that I was doing just wasn't really all that interesting. So I had a friend who had worked uh, with me in the magazine world and she had gone on and opened her own agency. And she was, my, she was one of my bosses actually. And I went on uh, to work with her and she fully knew I had not worked and I had no agency experience, none whatsoever. Didn't know the lingo, didn't know the jargon, didn't know process, didn't know anything. I was completely clueless. And so when I came to work with her, I sort of took it as like a, an opportunity, essentially for a boot camp, I was going to work my ass off, I was going to work late, be there early, I was going to learn everything there was to know about the industry, um, because I, I wanted to branch out and expand uh, my skill set and do more in that realm. So I found that in working with her, and it really was a boot camp. I was working, you know, like 80-hour weeks. It was insane. I don't recommend it. I mean, you guys will probably have to do it at some point in your 20s, but uh, try not to do it a, a whole lot if you can help it. But um, it was it was a really good learning experience for me, and and it was really interesting. So I I was ready to move on from that position after being there for about a year, and I was having lunch. Uh, by myself at Laduni one day, and I walk in, and this college acquaintance that I've had and was just friendly with over the years, she was having lunch by herself too, and she was like, hey, uh, well, you know, what have you been up to? We had lunch together, we caught up, and then she said, uh, well, I'm leaving, I'm leaving as an account manager, a tractor beam, I'm, I'm uh, doing this other thing, and it sounds like whatever you're doing now, Uh, is a perfect fit. And I had secretly been obsessed with Dractor Beam. Like I was just following them and following their work. And she was like, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll text Eric right now and see if if, uh, it's if you just want to send him your resume and then he can schedule a chat with you. And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. And I'm like freaking out internally. Uh, And then he reached out, I got an interview and three interviews, four interviews later. Um, I ended up working there. So I didn't have an advertising background. I don't think it's required necessarily to be a good project manager or account services person. Um, I really, you know, our head of digital marketing is a theater major. You know, it, you, I, our paths take us in, in different directions, but I'm, I'm really happy where I ended up. That's the, that's the shortest I can make it. <laughs>
0: No, that's, that's definitely a good uh, snapshot of kind of a, a journey that I think a lot of people can uh, at least somewhat be inspired by. I know most of us here are all at teams, sure. but who knows where that'll take us. So um,
1: I know it could be in advertising. It could definitely not be. It, can, it could be in like library sciences. I don't know. Like it's just really, you never know where you end up.
0: Right, so I kind of wanted to dive deeper into your time at Tractor Beam and just kind of sure. from the outside in, uh, it definitely looks like y'all do a lot of work with a lot of different types of clients and uh, some different industries. So I kind of wanted to pick your brain and see um, if there are any you know, clients or industries that you've really enjoyed uh, working with.
1: I think the, the most fun industry that I've worked in so far has been hotels. Um, I think because it's all encompassing, it's a totally immersive brand experience. And there are so many pieces of collateral and ways of showing the brand and showcasing it. Um, And it makes it kind of delicious. Like you walk into a hotel, you see the signage first, the architecture of the building, the interior design, and then you pick up you know, a piece of collateral, whether it be like an honor bar menu or a do not disturb sign or whatever, and you're, you're transported to a place. And I think with branding a hotel, if you're lucky, you also get to brand the hotel bar, maybe the coffee shop, maybe the restaurant, and you get to do uh, the menu systems, you uh, get to do signage and menu boards and all the fun stuff uh, that goes along with building that experience. So I think all in all that is those have been my favorite projects. Uh, My favorite clients to work with are just ones who are really authentic, honest, nice people. That is the only requirement for being a good client. It's just, you don't, it's just being able to trust us and um, being authentic and uh, taking our recommendations to heart, even if you might not like the work that we produce the first go around or the second go around, if you um, stick with us long enough and trust us uh, that we'll present something amazing. We nine times, 9.25 times out of 10, we will get there. Uh, and the best clients are the ones who are responsive to <laughs> The, the worst clients are the ones who disappear for three weeks or don't answer your emails and then pop up a month later and they're like, "Oh my God, I need this thing in two days. You can you get it for me?" And I have to be like, "No, <laughs> no, you can't." <laughs> um, so it's uh, so that I think sometimes is frustrating, but most clients aren't like that. Um, most clients are super busy and they just they've got a lot on their plate and they need help. Uh, and Yeah, we haven't had too many nightmare scenarios. Uh, We've been very fortunate in that way.
0: Great, so kind of on that flip side, I know I didn't include it earlier, but do you kind of have any go-to strategies or methods for overcoming those difficult clients who don't respond to your emails?
1: I think if you stick your scope in your contract agreement, you'll be just fine. I think setting expectations is probably the most important thing you can do when you start a creative project, whether you're a designer or an account services person um, who's client facing. What we have found works the best to mitigate big issues with clients is to have a really upfront nitty gritty conversation about the contract. Because one thing that I have learned at least over the past six years of tractor beam is clients do not read their contracts. <laughs> They're not gonna read the, the fine print. They're not gonna know how many rounds of revision they have. They're not gonna know timelines. What are timelines? They don't know those things. Like it's, it's your job to really set those expectations and walk them through what the deliverables are going to get. What does it mean? What does a deliverable even mean? How many rounds of revision? What does a round of revision look like? What happens when you go dark? And what happens when you come back to life and you want to get started on things? Um, so I like to meet with my clients ahead of time and just have a 30-minute phone call that's very boring and just walk through the, the nitty-gritty details, the terms and conditions. If they if they want to fire us, what happens? If we want to fire them, what happens? You know, all of those things. And once you set that expectation up front, then clients are much more likely to be more responsive in the future or be able to work with you when there might be a challenge or if they need um, some flexibility, uh, you know, we we find ways of being flexible with them if they understand and acknowledge that the contract um, exists and they have to follow it. But the most challenging clients, that's that's what I would recommend most in dealing with them is taking a look at, at the fine print.
0: Perfect. So. Um, just kind of taking a step back, you mentioned some of some good skills that you use on a day-to-day basis as a project manager, but kind of for, uh, in a digestible kind of format, what would you say are the top skills, uh, that you think are required to succeed, uh, either as a project manager or just kind of in general on the account side of the industry?
1: Yeah, I think it starts by being empathetic. Uh, Empathetic to your designers, your creative director, your strategists, your copywriters, and empathetic to your client and their needs. Um, I think that's number one, and trusting your gut with that empathy, right? So if if you're getting vibes from a client that they're having a really tough time, either understanding what you're presenting or understanding timelines or what something means, i um, really being able to hold their hand and not make them feel stupid. I think that's really important. The worst thing you can do is make a client feel like they should know something, but don't, or make a client feel dumb. Um, that's not something that that we should ever pride ourselves on. And I think the same thing goes with, with our internal team. Um, I, I like to tell any incoming employees and interns that there are lots of dumb questions and you are completely allowed to ask them. <laughs> And you should be. If you're not asking the really dumb questions, then you're going to get something wrong and then I'm going to be mad. So you might as well just ask me uh, what something means. And, and we also assume um, for the incoming folks in our internal team, at least, that you're not going to know a whole lot. You, you have a, you're, we know that you're really smart and you're bright and capable and you've, you've gotten a really good education at UNT or KU or wherever it's from. But we know that the real world agency experience is not there yet. So we don't expect you to, to have all the answers. Uh, and so I think that's, that's something really important. But I think just being authentic and genuine is first and foremost with any position in the agency world, especially when you're client-facing. I think um, you know obvious skills like being extremely um, anally detail-oriented and finding peace in that project planning stage is... Uh, also really important. I think um, the best tool for a project manager or an account executive is um, project management software. So we use a comp- we use a software app called Ryke, and you know there's lots of other ones like Asana, Monday, you know, Soho, whatever it is. Uh, those things are lifesavers. You can build out timelines, you can build reports and calendars, and you can assign tasks to designers and you put the creative briefs and the tasks, like it all lives in one place. So you don't have a hundred different spreadsheets and notepads with little boxes with to-do lists on them. It all lives in one area where you can all communicate with each other. I think that's super vital Um, or trying to just keep it all on, on track. Or keep track of things on Slack, which helps in some ways, but not for project planning. Uh, so I think that's probably a project manager's best friend. Um, I would say you have to be an inherent people pleaser to a certain extent, <laughs> I think, or just enjoy client services in general. You know, if you've had any retail experience or restaurant experience, just dealing with people and just being you know, having a a fine demeanor and like just being a pleasant person to be around, I I think is super helpful. Um, You don't have to be super outgoing, but just being approachable and personable and authentic is is really important. And I also don't think that you have to have a background in advertising. I know you all are, which gives you a a great leg up uh, in the industry. But uh, like I said, you know, where I came from in journalism and editorial, I was doing very similar things i was project planning uh issues to be released i was you know at one point in one year i published nine different publications and a couple of coffee table books like you just have to in that industry i had to learn how to plan i had to learn how to manage vendors and copywriters and and journalists i had to manage designers and i had to get photography assets and i had to send photographers out to shoot stuff so there was a lot going on that I had to keep track of, and it was um, a complementary industry uh, that was good and fortunate in my circumstance, because I, I love what I do now, but um, I, I don't necessarily think you have to have an exact background, and I, you know, in another example, Dana, who is another project manager on our team, she was a designer uh, for years, and she decided to succumb to, to the dark side, I guess. Uh, the less, the less fun and creative side of things, and and be an account manager. And she is a maniac. She's incredible at her job. Um, so it it doesn't, um, you know, you don't have to have a degree or like you don't have to be certified agile or whatever uh, to be good at being a project
0: manager. A, a bunch of beautiful tips that I think um, all of us could definitely use, but. The last question that I have and you've kind of answered it a little bit as far as like Slack and some other software that you use, but uh, are there any other kind of organizational tips and tools that you've picked up during your time as a project manager um, that either you've kind of found useful in other areas or that you think even the worst procrastinator could uh, use? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Yeah, I think
1: utilize all the tools that you can, you know, we use Google calendars, we use Slack, we use Harvest for time tracking, we use Rike for project management. I think using all those things are great. Um, I also think that it's okay if you don't know, if you don't, you don't have to have all the answers, like on a day-to-day basis, I may not know, you know, when the best time to present something is, or if a client is um, giving feedback that's super helpful to our creative team. So I take that feedback and I go ask. I meet with the designer and the creative director and I'm like, okay, here's the raw feedback that they gave us for this presentation or whatever. Um, this, some of this feels right, but some of it, um, I'm not really understanding. What do you guys think? Um, you don't have to have the answers for everything. And I think, I think the most valuable tool is just being able to be okay with not knowing things asking questions, working with your people and your team, because um, if you can't work well with your team members and you guys don't have that mutual respect, um, getting them to do good work for you is gonna be really difficult because they're gonna do it begrudgingly, they're gonna resent you uh, along the way and the client ultimately is not going to get the best work. So I think trying to build a rapport with your team and showing respect and learning how to communicate with them in a way that's effective for them, um, I think is really important. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> I've been obsessed with this thing and I know this is super nerdy, um, but I think everyone knows about the five love languages, but the guy who wrote that book also wrote um, the five appreciation languages in the workplace and shocker, it's the five same languages, except minus touch, no, don't have to worry about that part for the workplace. But the other four um, ended up being super valuable, and I got really obsessed with it. I read the book, I made a whole hour long 50 slide presentation that I made um, all 25 team members <laughs> do in these seminars that I gave, and I made them take a quiz to find out what their appreciation language was. In the workplace, how they like to feel appreciated—whether it's words of affirmation, or gifts, or acts of service, or whatever it is—and um, I started implementing that. And I made a spreadsheet of like what everyone's appreciation language was and how they like to what's and what was their least appreciated one. So. Don't get Eric gifts. He doesn't know what to do with them. But if I just uh, shoot the shit with him for a little bit and you know, talk to him about how his weekend was, uh, you know, that, that connects more with him than anything else. Um, I think that is probably also a really good way to connect with your coworkers, your boss, um, people who, um, who you're a supervisor of, any of those things that will go a long, long way. Um, definitely showing that appreciation too.
0: Another huge shout out to Michelle Parsons for not only being our first guest speaker of the spring semester, but leaving a bunch of nuggets of wisdom for all of our potential account people out there. Um, And really such as some great tips for staying organized in the workplace. Um, As always, definitely subscribe, leave uh, those ratings, all of that good stuff, and check out the show notes to learn more about Tractor Beam. Check out how you can read more about the five languages of appreciation that Michelle mentioned earlier. Um, And that's all we've got. Talk to y'all next week. Bye-bye.